0: You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A worlds, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied.
1: Hi, welcome to Witham's Private Equity podcast series today, talking about understanding sustainable earnings in this environment, the COVID-19 impact on due diligence. I'm Steve Brady, partner and the market leader for Transaction Advisory at Witham, and we're joined today by my partner on the West Coast in Transaction Advisory, Francois Moeller. Francois, how have you seen the fundamental drivers of businesses shift during the pandemic. Hey Steve, great to be here.
0: <laughs> I think we can all agree that nothing in recent history has really changed the business landscape as drastically or as quickly as the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, borders are closed, travel is restricted, and face-to-face meetings are really no longer an option. And this has actually forced companies to really re-evaluate how, you know, customer contact opportunities are leveraged, how employees deliver relevant you know, customer experiences, where they work. So this has really forced companies to reevaluate how contact opportunities are leveraged, how employees deliver relevant customer experiences, where they work, and even how digital channels can be used to support the business going forward. So the crisis is fundamentally changing how and what we as consumers buy. And it's accelerating some really big structural changes across a variety of industries. You know, many organizations have actually accelerated the pivot to the digital commerce. Um, you know, retailers rallying to get contactless delivery, curbside pickup services up and running, and and so many more examples. You know, but one thing is sure, Steve, is... Uh, that the COVID-19 pandemic has fundamentally impacted the way business is done. Even with the immediate threat of the virus past, hopefully soon by next year sometime, it will certainly remain a significant part of diligence in the years to come. So Steve, just thinking about it, going back to the sectors, you know, how have you seen this play out in some of the, the industries and sectors that you've been involved with?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, it varies by sector and certainly there are sectors that are doing well and those that have been really impacted in a negative way. And others, frankly, it's a mixture depending on the specific dynamics. But, you know, some good examples, certainly uh, the food and beverage industry with people uh, eating at home more and unfortunately unable to go out to restaurants in many cases, depending on the area of the country or the time of the year. you know, grocery retail has certainly been a big beneficiary of this and we have looked at some deals in that space and it is fascinating how much revenue has increased uh, for the grocery retail chains and how it has shifted you know with as the, the factors you mentioned earlier uh, for not everybody coming in the stores and the other methods of distribution but certainly from a revenue standpoint the increase has been tremendous. And the question in diligence and in analyzing the deals with our clients is how sustainable is that revenue uplift and what is the other side of this and the normalized revenue? So certainly something we're spending a lot of time on in, again, I mentioned grocery retail, but certainly other food service businesses, food manufacturing. Again, some are positive, some are negative. But, you know, you change that to looking at the healthcare sector and you know there's a number of interesting dynamics there certainly the acceleration of the use of digital technology or the advent of telemedicine being commonplace accepted and something that every healthcare provider has been uh, transported to it's uh, it's fundamentally changed things but also it's really added some interesting dynamics as we look at the reimbursement rates for these healthcare providers and again trying to peel that back and understand what it may look like as the pandemic starts to wind down next year Uh, again as we all certainly hope and are planning on Uh, but you know another sector that is really seeing some interesting uplift that wasn't at first anticipated but many home services businesses have done extremely well. Uh, HVAC contractors were in the early part of the pandemic. There was certainly a negative impact as everyone was trying to figure out how to manage their lives in the COVID-19 era. Uh, But what's happened is people are working from home. People are there. Uh, Home service businesses are able to schedule uh, appointments and they're kept because people are in their homes to welcome people in to obviously do something that is essential of maintaining their HVAC systems. So a uh, big uplift there and, and again also some fundamental shifts that will uh, to some degree continue past the pandemic and Trying to understand these dynamics with our clients has been really, really interesting. So, you know, those are some of the uh, examples, Francois. I know you've seen other sectors. So, you know, tell us about some of the things you've been working on. Yeah,
0: I'll just add one. I mean, I've seen very much the same um, shift in, in similar industries, the same industries, and then, you know, in some of the industrial business services as well. You know, initially, as you say, you know, some some of the their customers waited for the dust to settle, see where things are going to shake out. So they canceled a number of orders and, um, you know, suffered initially. And then as things settled down a bit, they're back up and running. But it took a little bit of time to get there as, uh, you know, the business and the employees was not able to get out to customer sites due to lockdowns. But, you know, this is all driven a big um way that companies that to rethink their supply chains, especially with borders closed. And, and if you think about it, um, some companies could have very reliable um, supplies. And so, so let me just step back a little bit. So if you think about the supply chain for some of these businesses, you know, if they're sourcing their product from abroad and overseas, the shutting down of borders have really impacted them. So in a diligence um, context, you really want to get a feel for how reliable is the company's sources? You know, what is going to be the ongoing impact on the vendors and pricing? And can they pass the pricing on to their customers? You know, the company um, may be uh, committed to certain vendor agreements with minimum purchase commitments. And with the supply chain disruption, changing volume and purchases and demand from customers, you know, will they be able to meet those? Will there be penalties? Uh, for not meeting some of these obligations you know one one interesting sector that i saw not really in the deal context but just front and center here where i live mountain biking is pretty popular and with everybody being at home and looking to get outdoors and do something retail stores especially in the recreational space is really struggling to keep up with demand and can't really keep their stores stocked or their shelves full mountain bikes great example rv camping Demand there has skyrocketed, leaving your traditional travel hospitality businesses somewhat in distress as people don't go and stay at hotels. You know, so a mixed bag. Interestingly, you know, it really depends on who the end customer is, the end customer market. For example, if you're in marketing business and, you, you know, many of your customers were in the travel hospitality industry, your clients typically tend to spend less. And your business. that segment of your business would have struggled. But there are other avenues that have been improving, Steve said. So, you know, one thing is for sure, though, uh, it, it certainly did accelerate the use of technology.
1: Yeah, and on that point, you know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a client last week and, you know, that use of technology in an increasing way for businesses that have been creative and recognize the dramatic impact of the pandemic and just the Post-pandemic world on their businesses. Uh, the conversation last week was how a business had pivoted direct to consumer, you know, more relationship type business, retail ish, and they pivoted their business to more of an online strategy, and they've done real well from it. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on, and obviously. All of that, Francois. When we uh, bring that back to working with our clients on diligence, you know, let's start talking about you know the topic of revenue and the drivers of revenue, and what are you seeing in the impact of this on you know the the deal by deal uh, efforts we need to do to help our clients execute successful transactions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, top line and assessing some of the underlying bus- uh, drivers there is really going to be crucial in any diligence setting, but particularly so with uh, the impact of, of COVID-19. You know, you really want to go in there and do a deep dive analysis of what the sales trends were before the pandemic, during and, and you know, how do you think it's going to shake out after the pandemic You know, and do these analyses by end market, by product, by channel, you know, as a way to structure the analysis for assessing which key market trends will most impact sales. It'll also be helpful to identify risks in sectors expected to have longer recovery periods. You want to consider the company's position in the value chain as well. You know, some businesses, you know, that are somewhere within the global supply chain may be affected early on because of closed borders. You know, other verticals may experience lagged effects and they may be doing well now, but may suffer later on. So really just putting it all into the next level versus just looking at the numbers, but understanding the big drivers behind revenue. You know, there's also the, the issue of pricing. You know, some, some customers may have considered the way that they, their standard operating procedures when it comes to accepting returns, You know, offering discounts to spawn volume due to changes in demand. You know, other companies may find their limited supply or increased demand for their product to really give them the opportunity to increase pricing. So, those are all things you want to be able to ana- analyze during a diligence process. Make sure that these these changes are are either structural. Or it could just be a one-time flip in the in you know in the present. So, really want to wrap your arms around that.
1: Yeah, and certainly something that not only do we need to process and obviously those who are working on these uh, potential acquisitions. But, you know, as we all work through trying to execute on transactions and the lenders are going to be hyper-focused on what is the post-pandemic world going to look like and how does that impact that part of the deal. So, uh, it's really important that we continue to dig in and understand these issues uh, as you're talking about Francois. So then moving on from revenue into the cost side of the equation, you know this obviously has dramatically changed the cost structure of many businesses and, and certainly people is uh, the most significant expense in many businesses. So what what issues have you been working with on that prominent issue in the pandemic? Yeah, as you know,
0: as, as we all know, you know, there's been a number of furloughs, unemployments hit records in the last few months, so it really is crucial to understand obviously the financial impact, but there's also some significant operational ramifications um, due to these personnel decisions. You know, you want to pay attention to fluctuations in headcount during the crisis. And, and the question becomes, will the company be able to rehire the workers they need to resume operations um, the way it was prior to the pandemic? Will they be able to rehire employees with the right skill and at the right levels? Um, you really want to understand whether the target has you know, deferred compensation, reduced compensation, which may have a, an impact on, on the run rate earnings. All those sorts of things are are kind of unique situations that you want to think about but but i think I think it's it it really is an important part of diligence, particularly because it's such a significant expense for most companies.
1: yeah, and okay. then you just look at operating costs overall and you know efficiencies in the pandemic and certainly in this virtual world. a lot of times you know it has made many businesses ours included more efficient in terms of the amount of Uh, productivity that can be squeezed into a day when you take out travel, for example. Uh, But also many businesses that have realized savings in just travel costs and other costs. And you you need to obviously understand is that, again, sustainable on the other side of this. Is there been an increase in EBITDA that will not be realized if someone makes an acquisition and the world gets back to normal and these costs start eking into the businesses but again what have what have you seen Uh, because certainly this has fundamentally changed Uh, the question is to what degree how many businesses operate
0: yeah absolutely and 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 and, you know some businesses have had real structural shifts so they may be spending you know initially trying to get things digitized and get online so they could still you know work remotely other businesses had that already set up, so a lot of their travel expenses, like you said, went down. I think the example you mentioned earlier uh, with some home service HGA you know, it became very efficient for them because they could, you know, travel time was reduced because they could schedule a number of appointments in in one general geographic area, which reduced costs. So certainly a lot of a lot of operating efficiencies. You know, on the marketing front, I've seen uh, a number of conferences and and trade shows being canceled where a lot of companies may have spent a significant amount of money annually on those and and switched their spend to more of an online and, and different channel so again it varies by industry but there's there's been a lot of movement so it's 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 really the the key challenge and it remains a theme is you know how much of this is going to be sustainable how much of this is has a long-term structural change
1: Versus just a short term flip, right? And then you take all these changes and dynamics, and you know, shifting to one of the topics that's a challenging discussion between buyer and seller in normal times is taking on a whole to whole new meaning. And of course, I'm talking about working capital and the dynamics there. And so how are we peeling that away or some examples from recent deals because there is no standard answer, of course. <laughs> Working capital is always a
0: fun topic to discuss, and we could have a whole podcast just on that. But, you know, I think at a high level, you know, when you think about accounts receivable, collectability and the speed at which you collect is, is obviously very important. You know, is the company recording an allowance for doubtful accounts and should it be updated? Um, You know, if you think about the inventory side of it, you know, if there's been a drop in demand, you know, is their inventory balances growing and they're not uh, reserving appropriately for spoilage or slow moving or excess and obsolete inventory? This could have a considerable impact on inflated uh, inventory, well, inflating inventory balances and skewing net working capital. You know, you think about the payable side of working capital, um, you know. Some companies may be slow to pay and, and extending their payment terms in order to preserve cash. And if you're in the context of a deal, if, if, if you're sitting with extremely long outstanding payables, you might want to consider treating that as indebtedness. I think we know um, a lot of, lot of our, our clients and also targets that we look at took advantage of some of the uh, CARES Act payroll protection program um, and, and, and other government uh, stimulus packages. And, and and there's a number of ways that could also affect uh, working capital, uh, whether it's skewing it in the short term, whether companies are not recruiting payroll taxes, all 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 the kind of things as you mentioned that we want to peel back and and really get to the bottom of.
1: And again, it does vary by sector. Just to continue that theme through this discussion, you know, certainly with the. Um, Support that's been provided, and you look into the healthcare industry, and there were specific uh, programs for certain providers within healthcare. And Health and Human Services is still working through how some of those items are going to be paid back. So, and if and when I should say so. You're right, Francois. That uh, you know, there's a lot of dynamics in working capital, and it certainly could be the subject of another podcast. But that's a good overview, and thank you for joining us today. I think it's been a good discussion of some of the items we've seen across the board with this pandemic, and certainly we've only touched on a handful or two of sectors. And as you said. At the top of the discussion, it varies sector by sector. So we have to dig in and and really help our clients, as always, understand these businesses they're looking to acquire.
0: You've been listening to The Capital Table. For more information, please visit withem.com. Thank you for listening.